This year, it's more important than ever before to focus on generating leads. In fact, you want to make your website a lead generating machine. So I want you to come listen in to this episode with the amazing Laurel Thompson of Bayamade.com. She's sharing how she's turned her website into a lead generating machine, and you wouldn't even know it if you were a casual visitor. I want you to see this. She's going to share her strategy and how you can do it too. We're doing it now. Hop on in. I'll see you on the inside. Welcome to the Roadmap to 50K on Shopify. Each week, we'll take you behind the scenes of real stores, where you're going to learn actionable strategies and tips that will fast-track the growth and profitability of your e-commerce business. So, buckle up. Welcome your host and Shopify expert, Susan Bradley. Hey guys, welcome back. You are going to love this episode, I promise you. I have the amazing Laurel Thompson with me. She's totally famous inside of our inner circle group, and she's she's a fun girl. She will come in. What you can expect from Laurel in the inner circle is that every once in a while, she's going to come in. She's going to create an amazing post about something that she tried. It's really outside of the box that helps her reach her goals, and uh, she shares so openly all the things that she does. And so that's why you're famous. But the other thing that a lot of people won't know that I want you to be famous for, Laurel, is that you have turned your website into a lead generating machine. And you've done it in such a way where it's not spammy, there's not pop-ups all over the place, but it achieves your goal. And so I am so grateful that you are sharing that today. And so can you say hi to everyone who doesn't know you and just give them a little bit of background about uh, your business? Sure. Hi, I'm Laurel Thompson. My business is Bayamade, which is B-E-Y-A-M-A-D-E.com. And um, it's a collection of clothing for babies and toddlers that's expandable. So it adjusts as the child grows and it fits three times longer. So it's really good for parents who are trying to reduce the clutter and chaos and scale down to a more streamlined capsule wardrobe for their kids that they can keep for a really long time and then hand it on to siblings or future generations. Yeah, so good. I've been in the inner circle for a really long time. And I have to say, part of, I think part of why I'm always trying to innovate the marketing ideas is that I'm an artist, but a lot of artists who turned their product into a business realize that you kind of have to stop doing the art so much and doing the business more. And I think I've just channeled all my creativity into marketing and having fun with it and coming up with new things. I think that's where that comes from. I just get a little bit restless with my creativity. That's so good though, because all of us get to benefit from that. <laughs> exactly. Right? It's, it's amazing. And I have to say that I think a couple of episodes ago, I think it was a uh, this is episode 94. I think it was episode 92. I talked about the the three things that I think we all have to focus on this year in 2022, because the landscape has changed a lot in the last two years for us. And the number one thing that I think is going to help all of us be more successful if we focus on this year is lead generation. I think it is huge. And when I think about uh, who I know that does lead generation really well. Y- your name is top of mind for me. 
and I, I'm going to ask you to share your strategy, but, but what I think is so good about it, Laurel, is that you've, you really have turned your website into a lead generation machine. And that's so aligned with, you know, driving traffic to your site. It's kind of automated and set and forget. And so can you just uh, share with everybody when you started out uh, and you decided that this is what you were going to do, what were you thinking? Like, take us back to the day you decided that, oh, I'm not just going to be a regular pop-up girl. I'm going to get really creative and strategic with this. Tell us what you're thinking. Well, I have always had a love-hate relationship with Facebook ads. And that's kind of been, you know, an evolving thing for me. But I've gone through phases where I just threw up my hands and said, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, Not because they weren't working, but just because I had, I wasn't so sure that that was aligned with my business's values. So Really, I think when I began to prioritize lead generation is when during one of those times where I just said, I'm not going to do this paid advertising thing. I think there's a better way. I was getting a lot of traffic through affiliates and referrals, which I've spoken about on another podcast episode. But I really realized that with that type of traffic, you can't, if you're not doing paid ads, you can't retarget them. So they're going to come to your site once. And then they're going to leave. Usually people don't buy on the first visit. So I realized how important it was for me to sort of keep those people if I wasn't going to be able to retarget them later. And that's when it became like a huge priority for me to just keep my funnel full of all that stuff. Otherwise, it's just wasted. You know, those people are just wasted if they're going to come to your site once and then bounce and forget about you. Yep. Um, And I didn't want to miss that opportunity. So How'd you start? So I know you you have a pop-up on your site. So let's talk about that. And then let's talk about the, all the places where you added lead generation on your site. And, and maybe you can share a little bit about how they convert because I know you convert really well. Yeah, I love pop-ups. I think they're so great. And I think that we kind of look at them in this one-dimensional way, like in the way that everyone's doing it, which is that a pop-up just shows up like nine seconds after someone lands on your page. But I don't really love that that doesn't so much take into consideration like where the buyer is on their journey. And so I actually have one, two, three real pop-ups on my site. I have one that's like the very traditional one that just pops up after a certain amount of time. Mine is on the product page because I don't like to have it pop up willy nilly <laughs> wherever. And then the other ones are like a little more subtle. They're like my stealth pop up. Yeah. And, you know, those actually, those are the ones that are extremely productive um, because they sort of like show up for someone right at the moment that they need it. And so, I'm kind of an evangelist for watching your hot jar recordings, hot jar, or what is it? Lucky Lucky Orange. Orange. Yeah. Any of those apps that allow you to sort of spy on your user behavior. I think those can be so illuminating in terms of like what is going through the customer customer's mind as they're navigating your site. And it's a great way to figure out, you know, where you should be placing your pop-ups. So because of that, I learned very early on that people were coming to my site, checking out the product, and then quickly going to my sales section. So I don't call it my sales section. I call it the under 50 section. And there's a tab right in the main menu. And people would go there very quickly. I think because 
my product is sort of, I mean, it's innovative, right? Like not very many people make expandable, almost nobody makes expandable clothing for babies and toddlers. And so I think the first objection people have is, is this too good to be true? Mm-hmm. And if they really want to try it, they don't want to commit to paying full price. So it's like, I was watching these recordings and it was like, I could almost see people's gears turning like, okay, I'm curious about this, but I'm not sure it's going to work. So I don't really want to pay full price. Let's see what's in the sales section. People were going directly there. So the first pop-up that I implemented was a gated sale page. And when I say gated, it's that when you click on that sale tab on my website, a full page pop-up appears that sort of blocks the content. Mm -hmm. And it says, our under 50 section is for insiders only. Get on our list. And what I don't know exactly what it says, but you know, get on the list to see the sales section. And so that pop up has about a 28% engagement rate. Okay, for that 28% thing, <laughs> 28% of people who land on that page that's not 28% of my total web visitors. Yeah, so I will say, like, people who use this strategy, you need to be a little more intentional when you're looking at your actual data. I use Justuno because I really love the analytics and I can easily see exactly what total percentage of my website, you know, so it's like, you'll, you have to get more into the analytics because 28%, you would think, Oh, 28% of all my web visitors, that's a ton of people. Well, it's not that it's 28% of people who land on the page. So that's still pretty good. I mean, that's nearly one in four out of 10. So no, what I just said made zero sense. See what I said about that? <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually like 28 out of 100. We'll do it that way. Yes, exactly. 28 out of 100 <laughs> people. That's pretty, I'm happy with those results. That they're like serious enough yeah. about buying that they want to see what's on sale. And let's just take a minute and, and compare that to what's normal in the industry. So normal pop-up conversion rates are 2 to 3% in the industry. And so what Laurel's done, guys, is she said, hey, what does that person, what is their currency when they hit that page? And the currency is to find it. So she's just really upped the ante. The reward for giving your email is so much more on that page that she's taken an, an average 2 to 3% conversion rate and turned it into a 28% conversion rate for her people. And, and it's really genius, Laurel. And there's no offer. So I'm not promising them a discount. You know, I'm just promising them like access, a lower price, but I'm not having to give them a coupon. Yeah. They actually end up getting it on the back end on the flow anyway, but that's fine because it's like they're only receiving that if they didn't place an order. So yeah, that one works really, really well. Every once in a while, someone gets confused (laughs) because the way that that works is that if they try to close the pop-up, it takes them back to the homepage. (laughs) Probably incredibly frustrating for them. (laughs) Every once in a while, people are like, this is just taking me back to the homepage. And I'm like, right, because it's for insiders only and you're not one yet. (laughs) Yeah. So one of the things that everybody should know if they wanted to do this is that, that you can actually set it so that people who are already on your list don't get the pop-up, right? Exactly. So you can add a little bit of JavaScript to your pop-up. You can easily find this by Googling what it is in, in the Just Do No Help files, they'll tell you, but you add a little bit of script to the pop-up and you can exclude 
anyone who's already on the list. So assuming that they have, you know, it's not perfect. If someone has yeah. refreshed their cookies recently, then they'll still get served the pop-up, but that's, I haven't, I mean, that doesn't seem like such a big deal. No. So yeah, that's important. And that one re- works really well. I guess I skipped right over my standard pop-up. Yeah. So let's talk about your standard pop-up because it's actually pretty cool. I'd say as far as pop-up. Yeah. Go, this is one of, yeah, this is one of the reasons that I like Just Do Know is that they just, it, it's not, I, I mean, I will say like people that have used it know it's not necessarily the most user-friendly platform out there, but it's practically infinitely customizable. And one of the things they offer is gamification. So if you've never heard of that before, it is like if you land on a po- on a website and you get a pop-up that's like a spinning wheel that says like spin to win, it has several options like that that are kind of fun. I don't think that those are really for every business, right. but it's worth testing. And so the one that does really well for me is a scratch off. <laughs> Um, and I actually only do this one on mobile because I did a bunch of A-B tests and it was working really well on mobile and not so well on desktop. So on mobile, I added this scratch off. And what it is, is the pre-engagement screen pops up and says scratch to win or something like that. And so they actually take their finger and it looks like an actual like scratch off sticker. And they take their finger and they rub it over the scratch off. And that counts as an engagement. And so it says you win. And then the next screen gives them a discount code. And so they give their email address. They scratch it off. If they win, they get a discount. That works really well on mobile. The desktop version is there's no game on it, but the desktop version says there's a code on the other side of this door. (laughs) And so I'm not telling them what the deal is. I'm just relying on their curiosity. And so then they enter their email and it lets them onto the next screen, which says you just got $10 to spend. Yeah. So even though there's not a proper game on that one, it's still sort of gamified in that you're just kind of appealing to their curiosity as opposed to just immediately saying, this is what you're getting. And is it worth it to you? You're creating a gap. Yeah. And I mean, I think it just makes it like, I put some cute little like GIF animations on mine. So there's like movement on it and it's like, I don't know, it's just, it doesn't look like the standard pop-up necessarily. So I think that's why I'm a big fan of non-traditional pop-ups in that they can have like cool backgrounds or they can be a different shape. Like mine's a circle and then it has a cute animation of like little falling stars, which is just on brand for me. But, you know, I've seen other ones that are like a Christmas ornament or, you know, just think outside of the box with your pop-up because it's like people are just so used to like immediately hitting close. Like they don't even read it. It's just annoying them because it's getting in their way of what they're trying to do. Yeah. And especially on mobile, that's just like the kiss of death. When people feel like they're not in control of their experience or that they're having difficulty finding what they're looking for, they will bounce. So I think thinking about the user experience is really important and then surprising them with something they're not expecting, like even if it's just a different color or a different shape, that will keep them there. So that's kind of my philosophy of pop-up. pop-up. So it's your pop-up strategy. Yeah. Don't be boring. Keep it interesting. So that's my standard one, which I show on the product pages. So after somebody has cruised around the site and then landed on a product page and they're reading the descriptions a few seconds later, then they'll get that pop-up. And the reason that I set it just for the product page is that 
I know that by the time they've gotten to the product page, assuming they're not coming from an ad where they're landing directly on it. Yeah. Assuming that they've landed somewhere on the site and eventually made it, made their way to the product page. That's the point that they're actually now considering. So they've like landed on the site. They think, okay, this is something I'm interested in. I think this is for me. They might've read a little bit about the concept. Then they're on a product page. Now they're sort of like ready to buy. And that's the point at which I, I don't make them a direct offer, but I say there is an offer. Would you like to know what it yeah. is? And so that's why I put it there. And then if they decide to close that and not engage with it, there are more opportunities <laughs> on the site. And so I learned this a couple of years ago and I can't remember from whom, but I think I heard a podcast saying, try putting a video of yourself on your pop-up. Well, that feels like a little bit too much for like a pop-up that shows up unsolicited. Yeah. <laughs> like wouldn't that feel a little funny if you went to someone's website and then all of a sudden like some stranger's face like just starts talking to you? Well, actually, <laughs> at the Social Sales Girls website, I am there with video. Ads. Well, you have the video <laughs> app badge, which that's tiny. That's not so. Whoa. I think it would be di- I think it would be different and a little jarring if someone's face just like popped up and started talking to you. I mean, I guess it would get their attention. <laughs> so how did you do it? Cause you did it. Really I'll well. tell you how I did it. I think it was like a little more stealthy. <laughs> um, so I recorded a video of myself in my studio. I actually got my hair done. Yeah, girl. <laughs> um, and I just said, hi, I'm Laurel. I'm the founder of Bayamade. I'm really passionate about helping families, you know, make more sustainable choices, streamline their kids' closets. I send an email out, you know, every week and here's what you can expect from it. And, you know, if you opt in, you'll also get $10 to spend on anything you want. So it's a very short video. It's probably no longer than 10 seconds at the most. And it gives them an opportunity to opt in. But the only time that people will see this pop up is if they ask for it. And when I say ask for it, what I've done is, just do know, and also now Clavio and probably other pop-up companies have a way for you to put a tab on the side of your website. So there's just like a little tab and you can make it sort of an interesting color. So people will notice that mine just says, get $10 yeah, or something. something like that. And so if they feel like it, they can tap it. And if they tap it, then my video pops up. So it's like, again, considering the user experience, it's like they're there, they're in the consideration stage. Maybe they're starting to warm up to the idea of making a purchase. All of a sudden they say, yeah, I think I want that $10. They click on the tab and then a friendly face pops up saying, hi, I'm a person you can trust. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) Or I'm just even a real person. If you sign up, this is what you can expect. That's what I like is what can you expect from me? Because because it makes uh, the statement almost that you are going to be considerate of their inbox. Exactly. And people are so stingy with their email addresses these days because nobody wants a bunch of spam. And I think that's why pop-ups are a little bit of a danger zone because you know, I hear people joke about it all the time about signing up for the discount and then like 
literally never reading a single email after that. You know, it's like, I think people just are expecting you to be a jerk <laughs> with their email address. Well, Sadly, you know. Yeah, I was just saying to a friend this morning that I get an email every day from a particular place. I haven't opened one forever. And it's, it's actually kind of irritating. And what I really can't understand is why it keeps hitting my primary folder. <laughs> oh, that is really weird. Isn't it That's weird? Secret. But yeah, they're I, obviously not segmenting properly. <laughs> yeah. But I just think that I, I love that you in that little video say, and here's what you can expect if you sign up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really, I think it's so important to set expectations, not just to gain gain their trust, but also just, you know, so that they don't have the feeling that you're just describing of just being annoyed. It's like, well, I told you exactly what you were going to get. So yeah, so good. And so that that little pop up only comes up when people click the tab, but it's actually Mm -hmm. the same offer as your main same offer. Yeah. So so likely what will happen to someone along their journey is they'll come to the site, they'll make their way to a product page, they'll get that pop-up that says, you know, there's an offer. If they close it, then they're going to see later this tab that says $10. And maybe when they're more ready, it's still there for them and they can tap it. And then something different comes up. It's not the same one as before. So good. And it's like a little more explicit about what they're getting and what's about to happen. It's not just about the discount. That's what I think. Yeah, I think like I think when we when we only focus on the discount, I think we're just missing a huge opportunity to allow people further into our brands. So, I mean, I think it's worth spending time like watching your recordings or really just thinking like if this were a storefront, what is the experience that I'm offering to people? You know, when you walk into a store and someone greets you immediately and says, "What $10 off?" <laughs> you're going to be like, well, that seems a little overeager. And that's the exact same feeling that you get when an offer pops up after you've been on a page for like two seconds. You're like, I don't even know what you're selling yet. I don't know if I want $10. Yeah. So, you know, it's like a lot of the talk lately is about personalization and making your site like a little more of a specific and unique, you know, experience for your visitors like I think this is a great like using pop-ups in a thoughtful way is sort of like a a a really like low stakes way to reassure the customer that you're still there for them yeah so that's the video one and I think it's just like a it's just a good opportunity to like put your face out there I'm such a fan of that for those of us that are either solopreneurs or even if you're just leading like a very small company you know letting customers know like you're not you're not a robot you're not a team of like 30 customer service agents, you're a human being. You're a a real person and they're buying from a real person. Yeah. So like take that pop-up experience that's usually so kind of impersonal and irritating and then like turn it into an opportunity to connect. Yeah, That's what I like about it. Mm -hmm. But that's not all. That's not all. Of course not. (laughs) (laughs) So something that I tried implementing last year that's been working really well is that I've added a quiz to my site and same kind of process. It was like watching my visitors and kind of trying to get into their heads and figure out, anticipate what their next question is going to be. So because my product is sort of novel and people might not totally understand how it works, almost always their first question is, 
well, what size should I order? And I mean, I know that from watching the recordings, but I also know from like the countless emails that I get of like stressed, anxious people that are not sure what size they should buy. Cause you know, this is a high price point item and they don't want to make a mistake. Right. It's kind of funny. Cause I'm like, okay, just relax. Like the clothes are adjustable. <laughs> you're going to be fine. But that's often their first either question or objection is that they don't know what size to order. And, you know, once people start feeling confused or unclear, again, kiss of death, they're just going to leave because it's too much work to um, ask the question or go hunting for the answer on your site. So what I did is I put a button that links to the quiz right in the product description. Yeah. A lot of these quiz apps you can trigger on a button click. So this does take a little bit of custom coding, but I'm not like a super code expert and I was able to figure it out. So I coded in a button that goes right in the product description that says, take the size quiz. And when they type, when they tap that button, the quiz then pops up onto their screen and it asks them their name. It asks them like a few questions that are going to help me assess, like, what is the size that I should be recommending for them? And then at the very end of the quiz, and it's like, I think, I think best practices on quizzes is like seven to eight questions is ideal. So I ask all the questions that I need the information for. And at the very end of the quiz, I say, would you like $10 to spend? And if they say yes, then it gives them an opportunity to enter. I'll just say, um, so where should I send your discount to? And then I, they can give their email address. These emails are extremely valuable because at the point that someone has taken the time to answer your quiz. I mean, they are deadly serious. They're going to buy. So even if they're not going to buy it right that moment, you really do want their email address because you know that they're going to buy it sometime really soon. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, I love that one. And, and, and it's so funny. Like when I first started doing quizzes on my site, I just like, it's like, I can't believe it. I'm like, wait a second. These people are going to give me all this information and also their email address. Yeah. It's too good to be true. <laughs> I think it's a really an overlooked strategy by most people. I do too. I do too. It is like, it's not easy to implement. I will say like I tried several of the quiz apps and they're all kind of confusing because a lot of them have like conditional logic and then you have to go in and assign products to certain answers and it can be very complicated, but it is so worthwhile because once you have all of that information that's tied to those individual profiles in your email, I mean, you can send them really targeted, specific emails. It's like, now I know whether someone has a boy or a girl or if they have some of each. I know exactly what age their child is. I know if their child is like big for their age or small for their age or right on. I know all of this stuff about yeah. them that they've given me for free. And now I can really talk to them. Yeah. You know, I know if they're expecting, they don't even have a baby yet. So it's like, I know exactly how long I only go up to size 40. So I know exactly how many years they're going to be in my funnel. I mean, there's all this magical information that you can get from a quiz in addition to using it for lead gen. So I'm a huge fan of that. Yeah. I I just want to comment on like twice you've said that, well, it's not particularly easy. It takes some time and, and what I want to just remind everybody who's listening, who's going, well, that counts me out. <laughs> I can't code or I can't, you know, just if just do is hard to work, which it is, I can't do it. What, what I want to share with them is that you can always pay people to do these things. And that for the, your long-term success, if you invest in one or two projects 
and do it really well and track and measure your results, you're going to be much further ahead than running from shiny object to shiny object to shiny object. So I, I want to encourage everyone who's listening to think about their own business and where, uh, where they have opportunities and not be afraid that because it might be a little bit of a project, not be afraid that it isn't something you should invest in. That's such a good point. And, and it's also like, this is not one of those marketing activities that has hard to define results. Yeah. Like if you know, yeah, like if you know how valuable a lead is to you, then you know exactly how much you should invest in it. And then immediately you can start measuring what kind of results you're getting. It's like the calculator, right? That we have in, in exactly. You could, you could say this list that I get from my size uh, quiz is worth, you know, $42 a lead over time. Exactly. Whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah. You, I mean, I would say like of all the things that you could be investing on that are like a sure bet, I would say this is number one. Just hire it out if it's intimidating to you or if you don't have time. It will come back to you like immediately. (laughs) And start with one. Don't start with like you have. I've got four written down. Do you have a fifth one? Well, it's not a pop up, but it is an opportunity for leads. Yeah. (laughs) So, so, okay. And the sixth. Okay. Let's hear about the fifth and the sixth because. This is going to turn into a wealth of ideas for people to say, okay, well, that one would work really well for me. I'm going to just try that for now. So what's number five? Yeah. I mean, any one of these really would make a big difference Yeah, because they're all just like additional things that you can do. So number five is embedded forms. I use a page building app called PageFly, but they tell me, that Shopify 2.0, you can also do this, which is, it's called sections everywhere or sections anywhere. You can add a section to your product page. You can add a section to your about page. You can add an opt-in anywhere you want. And so I have them on my collections pages because oftentimes because I still have a handmade product. It's not handmade by me, but it's hand by, handmade by other people. I, I sell through sizes really quickly. And that can be very frustrating for yeah. a visitor. So on my collections pages, I have a form that just says, don't see your size. We restock all the time. Get on the list to be the first to know. So they can sign up there if they're just not seeing what they need at this moment, but they know that something's coming soon. So that one isn't particularly productive, I'll admit, but I am glad that it's there because again, it's like another place that you're letting people into your brand and reassuring them that you're there for them. Like you're not, I mean, I sometimes wonder like, you have you ever landed on a site and you're looking at it and you're like, I don't even know if this place is still in business. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. But can I tell you how many times I've signed up for a back in stock and never gotten the email that it's back in stock? I will say that. Well, that's frustrating, I'm sure. Well, um, I forget. But that leads me to my sixth one, which is the Clavio back in stock notification. And that's really easy to implement. That's like, you just get, you know, and that's completely automated. So basically, if you use Clavio, like number 2 million and 14, why you should use Clavio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an affiliate, but hey, Clavio, if you're listening. 
like they have just this little bit of code that you can put in your site. And basically if something is sold out, it allows people to just tap the button and put their email in and then it's automated. So as soon as you restock that product or size or whatever it is that they want, it automatically sends them an email. I mean, that flow, I can't even call it a flow because yeah. I didn't even have to set anything up. It's so productive, yeah. wildly productive. <laughs> Especially if you're... You're one of those sites that has maybe a big catalog and you're always sold out of something. It Those emails convert, no doubt. Exactly, yeah. for sure. I mean, when I was selling masks and it was such a high demand for that, I mean, I, that email would go out and it would just be like, chink, chink, chink. So, so good. So I'm a fan. I would love to get uh, into the email strategy behind this, but that's probably for another uh, another. <laughs> But do you have, but just a really quick question on that. Do you have automation set up for every one of these entry points? I do. Although a lot of them are sort of ganged up. So it's not like I have to have like 10 different funnels for every single pop-up. One thing I would advise people, if you're going to do this, keep your offer always the same. Yeah. So if it's $10, it needs to be it just it needs to be ten dollars always. Don't have a bunch of different offers because then you're going to end up having to build several funnels. And then, not only is that a lot of extra work, it's also really hard to track. So keep it simple, and they all pretty much go into the same welcome flow. Confusing for the customer. Oh, for sure. I mean, and you know, it's like, what if you decide to change a code? Like, then you have to go through a million oh. different places and change the code everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let's. Uh, so let's talk about, I just want to remind everybody why I love this strategy. And so the first thing is it, because it's scalable. It's scalable because it's linked to your traffic and you work on traffic every day. So if you send 100 uh, web visitors and your your uh, amazing pop-up on your sale collection converts at 28% and they all went to your sales site, you get 28 uh, emails. If you send 200 people, you get 56 emails. And so I love this because it's scalable and aligned with already your primary goal, which is to get enough traffic to your site. But the other reason I love this, and maybe even the more important reason, is the return on investment for the time that you're going to spend doing this is probably the best ROI on work you will do. Would you agree with that? Oh, totally. I mean, email was 33% of my revenue last year. And I mean, that's huge. And those are my best customers, right? You know, like, no, no algorithmic rug can be pulled out from underneath my email list. You own it. Like, they, those are, yeah, those are, those are my people. That's my village. Like, I really value them more than anybody else. And then, you know, the, the thing with like multiple entry points on your website is like, I almost think of it as like a mini funnel because, you know, if all you're doing right now is a discount pop-up, you're missing a lot of people that don't care about discounts. And I mean, that, that varies for products, but like I'm in a sort of a high end product space and my customer is not a discount shopper. So an offer really might not mean anything to them, but showing up with information, you know, or even just assistance, like at the moment that they need it is something that they value. So when you're doing it, with a more thoughtful strategy, like you're really making sure that you're not just getting the most leads you can, but you're getting the most valuable leads that right. you can. For sure. The people who are already interested, I agree. And, and really what I like also about this is that it's kind of set and forget. 
Like once you do it, it's not like you have to run in there and tweak it all the time, right? Exactly. I mean, you do like you do want to keep an eye on it because like I made a really boneheaded mistake earlier this year. Like I threw a little temper tantrum because I realized that one of my affiliates was publishing my coupon codes. And so I went and changed them all. And then I realized that I forgot to change the code on my quiz funnel, which that's like a really big, that's a big deal because like I said, those are really like the most serious customers and it hurt my sales in a measurable way. So yeah, I mean, it's not completely set and forget, but for sure. I mean, that little video pop-up, it's been running long enough that when I watch it, I think, oh, my skin looked much better there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to just like uh, run it forever because I wasn't 40 yet back then. Um. (laughs) Talking to the old girl over here, I'm thinking. (laughs) So listen, let's let's talk about somebody who's listening to this uh, this episode who wants to get started. What are the the steps that you would tell them to take? What would you say to do first? Is it get that heat map first, or is it get your sale collection? What would you do first? I think the first thing I would do is just quickly go and grab that code from Clavio and put your back in stock notifications on because that's literally going to take you 60 to 90 seconds and it's done already. Okay. The flow is done. So just do that. That's yes. the first thing I would do if you're a Clavio user. And if you're not, then you should become one. Right. <laughs> then the second thing I would do is get an app like Lucky Orange or Hotjar or similar that can al- would allow you to watch your customer behavior because I don't. I don't know if my strategies are going to work for you. You know, like I've crafted everything the way that I have because I really knew and understood my customer journey. So I'm a fan of that. And then also like nobody ever wants to do this, but like talk to your customers. Yeah. (laughs) Like if you have, like I have a handful of customers that are so reliable And they've purchased so many times. Like, I don't even think twice about sending them an email and asking a question like, hey, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? I mean, those are your people. They really get you. They're going to be there for you. They want to help. It actually makes them more loyal and excited when you ask their opinion. So, you know, interview a customer, ask if you can call them and just kind of find out, like, I don't know, just ask them questions about how did they discover you and what was their process and what were their thoughts as they were looking at your site. And really try to just use like radical empathy to get into their shoes and, you know, think of how they're going to use their site. Or I like to call this the grandma test. I like to, if I ever like have an email campaign or a new page on my site or a new offer, even I hand my phone to my mom and I say, does this make sense to you? Like, do you know what's happening and do you know what to do next? And if she doesn't, then it's too complicated. And I think this could be like a good strategy here too. And it doesn't have to be your mom or a grandma. It can really be anybody like a stranger, but just watch them navigate your site and see if you can anticipate what their next question or need will be. And if you see a point at which someone is either going to get frustrated or confused, that is when you need a pop-up or somewhere to do lead gen. So what you're saying is do the back and stock because it's easy and it's automated. Watch what people are doing on your site. Take note of where the barriers that they're finding and where they're, they're spending their most the most time. And then think about how you can 
put an offer in front of them or put something in front of them that will uh, keep them engaged and send them to the next next step of their journey. Exactly. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Thank you so much. So tell me, where can you, where can people find you? Where will they see? Well, Inner Circle members can find you in the group. You're not quiet. <laughs> I am always all up in the Inner Circle. You can always find me there. But I also spend time in the Roadmap group. Yes, you do. So if you're in the free group, then I'm there as well. I'm Laurel Thompson. So you can always tag me with questions or whatever. And then occasionally I share ideas there as well. Yeah. And they can see you at bandmade.com. Go buy Mm -hmm. clothes. They're amazing. And I I would love to know, and and because I talk to you a fair bit, uh, I feel like I know more than most people, but uh, what's your answer today? What's what's up for you in 2022? What's next? What are you focusing on? (laughs) Ah, um, So I am really thinking about ways other than lead generation that I can own my own audience. Okay. So I am taking a course right now on um, SEO content writing. I'd really like to make my site more SEO friendly. This is like a long-term strategy. So I'm working on it this year, but I don't expect to see results until next year. But I'm really thinking about creating content for my site that will bring people in through search Um, And then I can feel really confident that I can keep them because I have all these pop-ups that I've just described and ways for people to get into my village. Right. So do, do that first, then the SEO, if anyone's listening. So that's really interesting. I'm looking forward to hearing uh, what you, what you learn and what you're going to do with that information that you get, because I have noticed that all of a sudden that's a hot topic. Well, everybody wants to know how they can avoid yeah. Apple iOS 14 again. <laughs> yeah. And, and also how they can feel uh, more in control of, of their, uh, like that their efforts, all their efforts to learn something aren't going to be, uh, you know, aren't going to be pulled out from under them. Now, sadly, SEO, it could be pulled out. <laughs> right out it could be it still relies on the (laughs) algorithm but apparently they say if you're really doing it right and you're doing it in a way that's like organic and makes sense and you're really like thinking about your customer and what your customer needs then you're gonna win like it takes a long time but you're gonna win if you're really serving people so I'm trying to think of it that way I'll look forward to hearing about that so listen thank you so much Guys, it's Laurel Thompson, BayaMade.com. I want you to walk away from this episode thinking about maybe one thing that you could do that would up your lead gen game on your site and find a way, as always, to track and measure your results for sure. So, Laurel, thank you. Good to see you back. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. See you soon. Bye. See ya. Hey, listen, if you like what we're working on here at the Roadmap to 50K and it's helping you get clarity on your next steps, I think you really have to check out our inner circle. You know, it is just an amazing place to learn how to build your business the right way. And you get to do it with a wonderful group of store owners that support each other and will cheer you on. You know, in the inner circle, our only purpose is to help our members get results And because of that, we actually have dedicated coaches 
that are fully trained and available to work one-on-one with you. And we offer that to our members at crazy affordable prices because I know that sometimes you just need a little extra help to get past a roadblock so that you can move on and make progress again. So if this sounds good to you, I want you to head on over to the socialsalesgirls.com forward slash inner dash circle and get on the wait list. We will send you a lesson so that you can see what's waiting for you on the inside. And we'll also invite you to join us the next time we are open to take new members. So listen, friends, that's all. Thank you so much for spending your time with me and I will see you next week.